we can put our hands together once again for the Lord. Thank you, ambassadors, and we thank God for the Sunday School leadership. Amen. Um, I'm grateful for the opportunity given to me to minister. Amen. Time is gone, so I'll try my best to squeeze it within 20 minutes. So please, the Lord help me. Amen. Thank leadership also for the opportunity um, to speak. You know, the, there's this old story which I'm sure many of us are very familiar with. And it's in the Bible about some two brethren that lived many years ago. And the Bible says that a time came that the elderly murdered the junior brother. And the, the big man who watches over them came one day and asked, call the senior brother, where is the junior brother? And the junior brother responded, he doesn't know where he is. And continued to say that he is not his brother's keeper. And the big man responded to the senior brother and said to him, the voice of your brother is crying out to me from the ground. And I'm talking about Genesis chapter number 4. I'm talking about Cain and Abel. That same principle runs through the Bible when Jesus came in the book of Luke chapter 10 when he spoke about that touching story about the good Samaritan. And in there also there was this traveler who was attacked by robbers and left by the wayside to die. In the Bible says that three people came, the priest, the Levite, and others came and passed by because they were so busy. But the Bible says that there was a Samaritan that was passing by. And upon seeing this stranger, decided to go risk his life to attend to him, took him to the hospital, paid for his bills to be taken care of. And from the story, we know that in those days, the Samaritans had a very bad dealings when it comes to the Jews. But upon all of that, the man considered him as somebody that deserves his attention and cared for him. The question I'm asking is that, where is your neighbor? And where is your brother? Many of us, there are certain things in life we don't choose. One is none of us seated here chose which family we wanted to be born to. So as we sit here, whichever family you belong to was not by your choice, true or false. We don't choose who should be our classmates, true or false. 
We don't choose who will be our neighbor, true or false. But these things, or these people, somehow, someway, God directed them into our path. The same God who did not wait for us to choose which family we want to belong to and which classmate we want to have as our classmate and which neighbor we want to him or her to be our neighbor. And the same God directed these people to cross our path. And I believe that like the incident with Abel and Cain, these are our brothers also. Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. And like the Samaritan, these classmates, these family members, these neighbors are also our neighbors. Hallelujah. The question I ask is, where is your neighbor? And the question I ask again, where is your brother? And where is your sister? Could it be that many of us, our brothers and sisters, their blood is crying out aloud to God, saying that we refused to share the gospel with them? Think about it. Shall we bow down our heads and pray? Father, we thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for your word and thank you for your spirit. We pray that your presence will be with us in this short moment of time and minister to all of us. That at the end of the day, we will arise and do what you've called us to do. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. So, I'm speaking on the team as the Sunday school people gave us, ready to share the gospel. Ready to share the gospel. And I'm taking my test from Romans chapter 1, the verse number 1 down. Because of time, I won't be able to exhaust it all, but I'll see what the Lord will help us to do. Hallelujah. So, we are debtors. That is what Paul said. That he is a debtor. To the grace that the Lord has done him. He is a debtor to that which he has received. He owes the world to make known the mysteries of God to all mankind. Hallelujah. And so the Bible tells us that when Paul was jammed by the Lord Jesus Christ. In the book of Acts, chapter 9, the verse number 6, one thing he said was, Lord, what do you want me to do? Paul was ready right from the day of his conversion, was ready to carry the good news to places, was ready to obey the Lord, and to bring salvation to the doorsteps of many. Hallelujah. Paul probably recognized that everyone around him is his neighbor and his brother or sister for that matter. And did not sit 
on that which he has become a custodian of, but did everything he could to share the gospel to the world. I pray that we also will come to the place of readiness. Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. That even as God is reminding us of our duty throughout this whole week, the celebration will not end for us to go back home, but we will arise and be obedient to the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. So, you see in many scriptures how Paul demonstrated his readiness to the call or to the mandate of sharing the gospel. In Romans chapter 1, the verse number 15, Paul says, I was ready to preach to save. In Acts chapter 21, the verse number 13, Paul was ready to suffer for the gospel. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, the verse number says, Paul was ready to do unpleasant work to bring men to salvation. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, the verse number says, Paul was ready to die. What are you ready to do in the name of the gospel? What are we, you and I, what are we ready to do? In the book of Acts chapter 9, the verse number 20 to 22, when you read, you realize that immediately after his conversion, Paul wasted no time in preaching Jesus as the son of God in the synagogue of Damascus. He boldly shared the gospel, bringing people or preaching the gospel of repentance to people, affording people the opportunity to respond. In Acts chapter 13, the verse number 16 to 41, Paul was invited to speak in the synagogue of Antioch. He seized the opportunity to deliver a powerful sermon. Recounting the history of Israel, demonstrating how Jesus fulfilled the prophecies of the Old Testament. He fiercely proclaimed the gospel, urging people to repent and believe in the name of the Lord. Paul was ready. Paul was ready. May we also be ready. Hallelujah. In the same book of Acts, chapter 16, the verse number 13 to 15, the Bible says that Paul and his companions went to a riverside in Philippi where they found a group of women gathered for prayer. Paul took the opportunity to share the gospel with them. And Lydia, a prominent businesswoman, responded and became a believer. I continue on in Acts chapter 17, the verse number 22 to 34. Paul stood before Aropagus in Antheans, addressing diverse groups of philosophers and intellectuals. He skillfully used their own religious and philosophical beliefs to explain the gospel, proclaiming that God had made himself known. Through Jesus Christ, calling every member of the ancient community to respond to repentance and believe in the name of Jesus. All these scriptures I'm reading is indicating to us that every opportunity Paul had 
he preached Christ. Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. Every opportunity, every door that was open to Paul, he was ready to share Christ with them. Are we also ready? The opportunities that God brings our way, how do we utilize it? On Wednesday, Elvin Gatia shared with us as a lawyer and what God is using him for, even in the law courts and many other places. What are you also doing in your profession? Paul was ready. Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. And sometimes we will say that that is Paul the apostle. Probably maybe we should come back to the scripture in Romans chapter 1, the verse. In Romans chapter 1, I read from the, the verse number 3. Probably maybe I'll take it from the verse number 1. The Bible says that this letter is from Paul, a slave of Jesus Christ, chosen by God to be an apostle and sent out to preach his good news. God promised his good news long ago through prophets in the Holy Scriptures. The good news is about his son. His earthly life, he was born into King David's family line, and he was shown to be the son of God when he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. He is Christ our Lord. Through Christ, God has given us the privilege and the authority as apostles to tell the Gentiles everywhere what God has done for them so that they will believe and obey, bringing glory to the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Paul says that he has been chosen. In John chapter 15, verse 16, I believe, the Bible says that you did not choose me, but I did what? That you should go and bear fruits. That your fruits will do what? Will remain. When we say an apostle, the basic meaning of an apostle is a sent one. Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. So, Paul referring or saying that God has given us privilege as an apostle to showcase the good news to all people. You are included. You and I are part of the sent ones. We have been sent to go to all nations and make disciples of him. The question is, are you ready? Are you ready to share the gospel? Are you ready to make the gospel known? Even to your work colleagues, your family members, your neighbors, in your community? Are you ready to proclaim and to declare the good news? I don't want to because on Wednesday, Elder Ngetia shared with us, gave us quite a lot of information what the good news is about. But even in this scripture I just read, Paul is telling us what the good news is about. It's about his, the son Jesus Christ. It's about the Lord Jesus Christ. His life, his death, his resurrection. And sometimes I add, his coming. 
Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. This is the good news that you and I are supposed to be ready for in sharing wherever we find ourselves just like Paul. Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. We are to be crusaders of the good news. You see, we must be ready to share the good news because we all have been commissioned to obey the great commission. Hallelujah. You know, the other day I was preaching here, I said that in the book of Matthew chapter 28, the verse number 16 there, when the Bible says that when Jesus resurrected, his disciples came to meet him at a particular mountain where he revealed himself to them and there he gave them the great commission. And I said that the reason or the importance of the resurrection was to affirm the deity and the personality of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Because he said, the word of God written about him is that he is the son of God. Hallelujah. The Bible says that Jesus says that I am the way, the truth, and the life. That no one can come to the Father except through me. The Jewish leaders had a lot of problems with Jesus' claims. And for that reason, many of them could not believe in him. Jesus said that he would die and on the third day he would resurrect again. As a matter of fact, when Jesus died, the Bible said his disciples went hiding. But thanks be to God that Jesus did not remain in the grave. Hallelujah. Oh, I said thanks be to God Jesus did not remain in the grave. Hallelujah. The resurrection of Jesus affirms all of us or gives us all of us a confidence that we too, when we die, we shall resurrect. Hallelujah. And it also confirms that Jesus is indeed the son of the living God. It also affirms that Jesus, through Jesus, salvation is assured. Hallelujah. So when Jesus resurrected and met the disciples and said to them that all power and authority has been given to me. Therefore go into all nations and make disciples. That commission was not only for the disciples, but it was also for you and I. Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. We also have been commissioned to carry the great commission to nations, to towns, to villages, to homes. Proclaiming Jesus. Proclaiming Jesus. Hallelujah. So we must be ready because we are also part of those who have been commissioned to obey the Great Commission. Another thing that should wake us up is that, you see, I believe that, I think one of them was, one of the presenters said that all of us have been filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. If you have the Holy Ghost in you, if you have received the Holy Ghost baptism, then you also, you have been commissioned to propagate the gospel. Hallelujah. In the book of Acts, the chapter number one, the verse number eight, 
The Bible says, therefore, go and make disciples. No. He says that, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses telling people about ev- telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The Holy Spirit we have received was not only for tongue speaking. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. But you and I have received the Holy Ghost also so that we'll be witnesses of Jesus. For many of us, we believe that the Holy Ghost baptism is only about prayer. And we're speaking in tongues. And also working miracles and all of that. But the main reason for the coming of the Holy Spirit was for global evangelization. Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. In the book of Acts chapter 2, the Bible says that when the Spirit was poured upon them, the church that was restricted to Jerusalem was broken. It paid way for the, for the word of God or for the gospel to be preached everywhere in the world. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that the first people who encountered the disciples Speaking in their own language, the Bible says they came from all over the world. Hallelujah. What am I saying? What I'm saying is that you cannot afford not to be ready to share the gospel. Just as God asked Cain, where is his brother? A time is coming, we also will be asked, where are our neighbors? Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. Because one, you have benefited from the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You have been commissioned to send the gospel everywhere. Secondly, we have received the Holy Ghost, the promise of the Father, that is to make us evangelists. Sharing the gospel, preaching and witnessing about Jesus. We all have benefited from these blessings. And they shall stand in judgment against us. Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. And so we must be ready to share the gospel. Someone will ask, So what is this gospel to share? It is the good news. It is the glad tidings about Jesus and what he has done. We have access to the good news from the word of God. The gospel which demands a response of faith and obedience brings salvation. Meaning that everyone that hears the gospel, if they will respond in faith, No matter who they are, they shall be saved. Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. I said hallelujah. It doesn't matter their past. The gospel is able to turn their lives around. Hallelujah. And so, we must be ready to share the gospel. The Bible tells us in our scripture, Romans chapter 1, The Bible tells us that, I read from the verse number 7. It says that, I am writing to all of you in Rome 
who are loved by God and are called to be his own people. May God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ give you grace. But my main lesson, come back, come down with me to the verse number 14. Yes. He said that for I have a great sense of obligation to people in both the civilized world and the rest of the world, to the educated and to the non-educated alike. I am eager to come to you in Rome too to preach the good news. For I am not ashamed of the good news about Christ. For it is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes. The Jews first, and also the Gentiles. Paul said, he is not afraid and not ashamed to preach the gospel. And that he is under obligation to declare the gospel to the civilized and to the uncivilized world. He is also under strong obligation to preach the gospel both to the Jew as well as the Gentiles. And therefore, he is not ashamed. You know, sometimes on a way to evangelize, many a times people say they feel inadequate they are afraid. They don't know what you are going to say and all of that. The truth of the matter is that it has nothing really about you. But it's all about the word of God you are carrying. Hallelujah. For the word of God has power inherent. Hallelujah. You do not give the word of God power. But the word of God is able to produce and to work. The only thing you do is to release it. Hallelujah. Paul said he is not ashamed of the gospel. And at that time he was talking towards Rome. And I asked myself, why was Paul saying he was not ashamed of the gospel? And I realized that from the verse number 21 there, Paul was talking about being able to speak to people who are civilized and people who are not civilized. Sometimes certain people intimidate us. And that was what Rome stood for. Rome then was a civilized nation. A very powerful nation at that because then they were ruling the world in those days. We will, many will say that civilization actually came from Rome. They were highly educated and all of that. Paul's gospel was centered on a savior, a Jewish savior, that was hanged on the cross. How do you present such a gospel to people of high intelligence, people who are highly powerful? How do you present such a gospel to them to convince them that they need to be saved? As a matter of fact, it is these same people that crucified with the help of the Jews to crucify Jesus. But despite all these challenges, Paul said he was not ashamed. Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. I said hallelujah. They may be powerful. They may be educated. They may be rich. They may have it all. But if you want to see 
the most miserable people on earth, they are people who feel they are well to do. They are sometimes people who feel they are highly educated, people in high, high places. Sometimes they surround themselves with all kinds of things. Yes, so within them, they are dying. I've seen people with wealth, power, fame. Yes, so when they go to sleep, they are not able to sleep. They indulge in all manner of things. They suffer at night and all of that. And sometimes when we see them, we feel that they are okay. And they don't need the gospel. But Paul said, it doesn't matter the power that Rome wills. Power of Rome cannot bring them salvation except the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. And so you and I must not be intimidated where to preach the gospel. We must also be like Paul, unashamed, unintimidated, whenever the opportunity brings itself. Hallelujah. And I want to share a testimony before I end my message because of time. Sharing the gospel sometimes can be very intimidating. And Paul attests to that. And I want to add to it that even going to Rome, again, the church in Rome then was divided because they have the Jews and then they have the Gentiles. So again, going to preach, instead of circumcision, you are going to preach that grace abound. Was so much of a confrontation when it comes based on what Paul knows. Preaching the gospel of such to the people. There was one time that our deputy general overseer, many years ago, called me one Saturday morning and said to me that he has been invited to preach somewhere, but he can't make it because I think on that morning something else came up. So he can't make it. So he called me to get ready and go. And I thought it was just a, a mere representation. Because he did not give me full details, but he said he has been invited. So he gave me the time, and then I took, I carried myself, drove all the way to the Aviation Social Center. But when I got there, I saw a crowd of people. The whole place was filled. And not just, so it has to do with Westec. Those of you who know West Tech Security those days ago, some time ago, from all over Ghana have come, and I think it was their annual something they do, and the whole place was filled. And then there was a high table, and at the high table there was the IGP, there was the a Minister a of Interior. All the big people in security and other things were there many years ago. Up to now, I think I've gained a bit of weight, so I have a bit of size. But, so when I got there, and I was, he told me who to see. So when I saw the person, I said, oh, I am the one that um, I've been asked to. Reverend, uh, Reverend Ansar says he can't make it, so he said, oh, come, come, come. So he carried me, and then right behind the podium, 
between the IGP and the Ministry of Interior fixed me there. So I was there, thought I was observing things that were happening. Then the program was going on and going on and going on. And then it came to a place where there was exhortation that was to be given. They didn't actually give me the program, so I didn't see what was on the program. Then the one who was announcing just said that we have a very powerful reverend minister here who is coming to share the gospel with us. And he's in a person of, I don't know how he got my name, but he's in the person of so-so and so-and-so, reverend, those days I was not reverend, reverend Ato Jackson. You should come and see me. I was wet. I wished the ground would open for me to get in there. It was a, today you are joking, you are laughing with it. It was not a laughing matter. I couldn't even get up from the chair. It took me some minutes to get up. So the man was coming, come, 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 come. And I was still sitting. So I mastered courage and I got up. But before I got up, I prayed. Not with my eye closed. Nobody saw me. But I prayed and I said, God, you need to help me with this. Because other than that, it will be something else. But I stood up and went into the pulpit. And there for almost 30 to 40 minutes, the Lord was with me. I ministered. I ministered. And after, it was not a program that was supposed to, you are supposed to do an altar call or whatever. But I did an altar call by half of the people. Half of the people that came forward. And then after... I actually was praying for the program to end so that I can just run. Immediately after, the man came to me that, oh, you're not going out, but there's a reception that you need to go. So they, they, they eventually carried me because I told them I have another program to attend to. They said, no, 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 no you need to be there. So I, they carried me into the room. And then everybody, the IGP came, give me your complimentary card. The Minister of Interior came, give me your complimentary card. This person came, it was a very powerful word. It was a very powerful word. And I was asking myself, what did I say? But there was the Minister of Interior then called me aside and said, pray for me. Pray for me. I need Jesus. And there I prayed for him. And he gave his life to Jesus. few weeks ago, I think about, this is many years ago. few weeks ago, I was doing outreach in the wireless area. And there was this man, an old man, standing there looking at me, waving me, laughing at me, or laughing with me, you know. And I was not responding. Then he asked me, you don't remember me? I said, I don't remember you. Then he said, do you remember many years ago you ministered at Aviation Social Center? I didn't even remember. Then he went on and said, Yes, I remember. He said, I am one of those that came forward. Today, I'm an elder in Church of Pentecost, serving the Lord. Dear brethren, it has nothing to do with you. It has more to do with your obedience to the call. You have been baptized, equipped, empowered to send the gospel everywhere. Now, let me finish my story. When I came back home, I quickly called Reverend Ansa. And 
I think by then he has heard the news. So when I called, then he laughed. I said, why are you? Why are you? And I said in my heart, Reverend, you have no idea. But thanks be to God. Dear brother, you can also be ready. We can all be ready. You can share. You can give Jesus wherever you find yourself. And the Lord will use you to do amazing things. May God bless us. And may God help us to recruit and raise more disciples for the Lord in Jesus' name. Please bow down your head. Father, we are so much thankful. Stare us up. Open our eyes to see the dying souls around us. Embolden us to do, to respond to the Great Commission. May no one's blood be required from us. May our neighbor's blood not be required from us. May they all find themselves in your kingdom. Build us. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. God bless you, church. Thank you so much.